Welcome to the Kaleidoscope of Possibilities, Alternative Perspectives on Mental Health. My name is Dr. Adriana Popescu. I'm a licensed clinical psychologist and leader in the field of mental health, energy psychology, addiction, trauma, and empowerment. In this podcast, we will be exploring mental health from a variety of perspectives, from the spiritual to the shamanic and beyond. What if mental illness isn't everything we think it is? What if everything we see as a pathology is actually a possibility? What else is possible with mental health? Hi everyone, Dr. Adriana Popescu here with another episode of Kaleidoscope of Possibilities, Alternative Perspectives on Mental Health. I'm so excited to have with us today as our guest, Dr. Willem Lammers. He is a psychologist, a psychotherapist, and a coach for individuals and organizations. For many years, he has led IAS, a leading training institute in the field of work related of related work-related counseling in Switzerland. Yeah, exactly. Since the beginning of his professional development, Willem has worked at the boundaries of body, mind, and spirit. He's trained in bioenergetics, transactional analysis, gestalt therapy, hypnotherapy. NLP, EMDR, and energy psychology. He's an experienced lecturer and trainer. And in 2005, he discovered the principles of logosynthesis. And since he has dedicated his time, experience, knowledge, and energy to develop and spread this beautiful model. He's the author of 10 books. We're so glad to have you here today with us, Dr. Lammers. And I'm sorry if I'm mispronouncing your name. Oh, Welcome. You can, you can call me Willem than me, you don't have to. Yes. Great. <laughs> so happy to have you with us here today. And I would love to hear, as, as we do with all of our guests, tell us a little bit about yourself and how it is that you came to do this work that you're doing. Yeah, um, that's a story because I'm 71 and I've been in the business for a longer time. So uh, I studied psychology. Um, that was a very conscious choice at the moment after everything else was not possible. <laughs> so I was too stupid for, for math and I didn't want to teach for a class and I didn't know what sociology was. So psychology was left. And I really, from the moment on I worked with clients, I knew this is what I want to do. And from that moment on, I had a, I had a job at the university for a few years in which I had to do research and research wasn't my thing. I wanted to work with people. So I moved to Switzerland. My health was not very well at that moment. And it happened that a job as a psychologist in the high mountains in Davos was available. And I got that job and stayed there for 12 years. And in that uh, time, I learned to work with a lot of, let's say, uh, difficult issues with clients and I took my first training as a psychotherapist that's um, I did that for yeah almost 12 years and then I decided to jump into deep water and uh, became self-employed I founded an institute for training in supervision coaching uh, counseling psychotherapy I did that for a while and more and more became clear to me that I wanted to bridge uh, psychotherapy in the classical sense with my inter interest in the spiritual dimension. And 
That's how I landed with energy psychology. And if you look at the early energy psychologists, they all have this um, direction that they create a bigger space for the, for the spiritual dimension. And um, that's, so I learned EFT, TFT, BSFF uh, from the people who developed it, TAT, Tapas. And at a certain moment, I wasn't satisfied because it was too much technique and not enough, let's say, being, existence. And from there, in 2005, I discovered a way to um, combine the two, so the spiritual dimension and the psychological work. And I discovered also that if you use specific words, you can change energy systems with words. And uh, Larry Nims uh, told me something in that direction because he worked also in BSFF sentences. And I developed a very simple model based on, let's say, four assumptions. One is that everything is energy, uh, which is not new to um, energy psychology. <laughs> that energy belongs to you or it doesn't. So I have my energy field, you have your energy field, and the world has what I call the matrix, you know, a very big energy field with all kinds of subfields. Uh, that your energy is frozen or it is in flow. If it's frozen, you don't live life to the fullest. And if your energy is in flow, everything is working fine. And you can dedicate your life to your mission. So for me, it's also important part that everybody on this planet has a mission to do something in the world, uh, to learn something, to teach something, whatever. And I discovered so that words can move energy. And if you look at that principle, we see it already in the Bible. You see the first verses of Genesis, God said, let there be light. And God didn't make a lot of a fuss. He just uh, said those words and there was light. And you see it also in the New Testament. In the beginning was the word and the word was with God and the word was God. So there's something very creative and also something very divine in the power of words. And I discovered that if you work with clients and you are able to translate what's going on with them in anxiety or fear or trauma, whatever, if you can translate that in energy terms, you always come back to these same four principles. So um, if somebody has a fear, it means that he reacts to a concept, to a construct, and this energy construct uh, is something you can resolve with words. So I have three, three sentences. In the basic procedure, of course, we have a lot more, but it's, that's another story. Um, you retrieve your energy from where it's bound in other people or in the world or in an object, whatever. You remove the energy that doesn't belong to you. And you also retrieve the energy that's bound in all your reactions to your perception of the world. And if you do that, 
something changes. And it, it, I think it took me about five years to believe what I was seeing. So this was so strange and it was so far away from the more or less traditional psychotherapy techniques I learned, even though those techniques were, let's say, a little bit different from the mainstream already. But it, it really, I learned all those other techniques and then I discovered this, which is really another category. And it's very interesting to see that that development continues and so I keep developing things and this discovering things which of which I think hey is that possible and is that an answer to your question yeah no that's wonderful so I what do you actually consider logosynthesis an energy psychology technique or modality I think it's closest to um let's say to the field. So let's say, I think logosynthesis is not a psychology because psychology is an energy system like any other. So it, it dives beyond psychology, it dives beyond physics, it dives beyond or below uh, biology. So if I say energy psychology, let's say it's, it's a term I can use because uh, Fred Gallo's work, um, uh, Gary Craig's work, and you name them all. Uh, uh, of course, um, Larry, Nims, or Tapas. They're all also they're all working in the same field. And if you look at it more precisely, Fred Gallo has called it energy psychology, but this is not this is not really a psychology. This is an energy modality in which you do something with frozen energy and you do something with free flowing energy. So yeah, of course, at a certain moment, things have a name. And if you look at EMDR, for instance, uh, eye movement, uh, uh, reprocessing, whatever it's called, it much of EMDR is not um, eye movements anymore. They have this alternative stimuli and which also works fine. So you need a name in society. And if you look, let's say very precisely, the name is not covering what it is. So if you ask me, it's an energy modality. And it's a, it's a, it's a philosophy, it's a model, it's a set of techniques. It's also an attitude, because you work from a kind of trusting the method, you trust the client in his own divine potential. And let's say I call it logosynthesis. And if people want to have a category, it will be energy psychology. Mm -hmm. yes. Great. And logosynthesis, for those who don't know what the word means, can you tell us how you came to that term and, and what does it mean to you? Yeah, um, I like the question. So um, if you look at the word itself, it consists of two uh, Greek steps of three. Uh, logos in Greek means word, but it's also a name for a higher power. Synthesis means 
putting together. So putting together with words, what's broken, what's dissociated, what's frozen, is literally what we are doing. And if you look at the roots of the method, uh, there are two important roots, and one is the logotherapy by Viktor Frankl, who also assumed a power in people, which made it possible to, uh, let's say, he, he started with the idea of that life has a meaning. He didn't make a very spiritual or religious story out of it. He said life has a meaning. And that's very central in my concept of log synthesis. And the other root of the uh, the word log synthesis in, is in the psychosynthesis of Roberto Azzagioli, who was an Italian uh, psychotherapist, uh, Jungian, and Alan, uh, I don't know if he was Jungian, but he was, let's say, in this early analytical way of thinking. And he was one of the first, I think, with Jung or after Jung, and maybe Otto Rank, who created the space for what we are more than bodies and minds. So if you say uh, log synthesis as a word exactly sits, says what it's doing, and as a, let's say, in the, in the um, cause of things, log synthesis has a, a few important roots in those two schools. Wonderful. Now, tell us a little bit more about how you use logosynthesis to deal with common mental health disorders, things we tend to see as therapists, depression, anxiety, trauma. How does it work? Yeah, trauma is, <clears throat> yeah, let's say, um, a very normal, uh, usual application. Because if you translate trauma in the terms of log synthesis, we have a situation, people have perceived something terrible. So they have seen that with their eyes, their ears, they felt it with their body. And they have reacted to that experience. So something happened in the war or in early childhood with abuse or uh, whatever happened then that means the experience freezes in a moment. And in trauma theory, this is repeated again and again. So what a trauma is a frozen perception and the reaction to it is also frozen. So you have a kind of, um, yeah, um, You have a frozen com combination of something people have seen or heard or felt and a reaction of panic, fear, being overwhelmed. So, and that moment is frozen in time. So there's a, there's a difference between the trauma and the memory because a trauma cannot be accessed at, at will. It will be activated. It's suddenly there. In the present, there is no difference between the present, how it is experienced, and a trauma as it is experienced. And what we're doing in log synthesis is we we 
put uh, pull these parts apart, you say there is a a memory. So, for instance, um, someone has experienced abuse. That memory consists of visual uh, perceptions. So people have seen something. It's a voice. It's a touch. And the combination of these um, perception is explored. So we don't look so much at the reactions. The reaction is panic, fear, being physically frozen. And these reactions are immediately fixed or pasted or combined with the perceptions. So what we're doing is we have a few meta questions, as we call them. So you find out how do you suffer? And the second is to what phenomenon, to what perception is this suffering a reaction? Sounds very simple. So the fear of the child is a reaction to a frozen perception. And what happens in long sentences is that we say, the first sentence is, I retrieve my energy from this perception. And what happens is that the, the memory starts to flow. Something changes. We remove the energy of the other person in the field. So the, the energy of the perpetrator and send it to where it belongs. I don't know where that is, but it happens all the time. And we retrieve our energy from the reactions. So we have a trigger, which is the perception. We have a reaction, which is usually emotion and physical sensation. And if we retrieve the energy that does belong to you, to the right place in myself, as, as we say it, and if we move the energy of the person or whoever, whatever, who doesn't belong, that doesn't belong to you, then there's this kind of spontaneous boundary between the person and their environment. And they know their, their, the whole body sensation uh, or body image you see it changing on the spot because people relax. People say, oh, yeah, uh, this is how it was. But that's not me now. So many people carry a little child somewhere in the body here or here. And that is, I saw it, it happened yesterday. So. There was a woman with a gut problem. I was, was working in the seminar, the online seminar on lung sinus in the body. And she had a gut problem. And she had experienced a very deep disappointment by her mother. And what happened was one part was very angry. And that part was looking at her. And another part was very sad and disappointed and confused. And that part was in the body. It is frozen in space in the body. Literally, that's not psychology. That's energy thinking. 
So there's an energy pattern of a younger body, or sometimes the, uh, the expression pain body is also used. And if I retrieve my energy, which is frozen, bound in this pain body, and take it to the right place in myself, this pain body will resolve and fill the boundaries of my current body. If I remove the energy of the person who caused this suffering from my field, then I have even more space. And it was very interesting to see what happened with this woman. She, she couldn't stop moving afterwards because she, this energy uh, body or the body of the child was resolving and was filling her whole body physically. And that's a very typical example of how we work with trauma. And of course, what you need with trauma is always a very, let's say, strong working alliance. If I don't know people and if people don't know me, I don't do this in the first session. What happens more and more is people know my work and they know how it works. They read my books and that makes it easier and makes it go, go faster. And sometimes I, I can, if someone really trusts me from the beginning, then it can, can work in 20 minutes. But usually this is, this work is done without a no, within a normal context of psychotherapy. And you take, first you take the time for the story. And from the story, you identify moments in which the energy is frozen. And from there, we are working with that. And we can resolve the frozen energy. And the effect is that people are arriving in the present, in the here and now. And we see all kind of reaction patterns if you work like this. So um, one of my clients, I'm working with her since I think about 10 years. And in the beginning, nothing was accessible. And by seeing her again and again, ever more issues could be resolved, really a strong history of being abused. And then at a certain moment, she started to talk about the problems with her husband. And that means she arrived in the present and she was able to see the, her adult issues instead of being activated in this, in this child material all the time. And that happens often. So we, you often see a kind of um, process that first people are defensive. They are, they are not able to access the trauma, traumatic experience. Then they get angry because they realize something went wrong. Then they can access the pain uh, and resolve the pain which is also makes it also possible to let go of the anger. And then people are arriving in their adult life and have adult problems. They never accessed before. So if you have, um, for instance, that happens often. So someone 
doesn't um, it conti continues its failed ex at exams because mom has said, oh, you never make it. And they fail and fail and fail. And then after a certain moment, they discover, oh, I can resolve this image of mother that says, who says, uh, you will never make it. And then they will have to learn to make it. So they might need guidance or coaching how to write a written exam, how to manage a conversation in an oral exam. Because as long as you don't make it, you don't need to, need to learn that. So we, we have often this kind of gradual transition from the deep psychotherapy issues to coaching how to live your life. What I love too about what you're saying and how you're working with people is that it's so empowering, you know, especially in the example of working with trauma, you know, um, people who've experienced a lot of trauma, especially of abuse and all that, right? They feel like a victim, they feel disempowered. And it sounds like what you're doing is helping them reconnect with themselves and their power and take, you know, sending back, you know, the, the disempowerment, the shame, the whatever it was that was put on them by the abuse, you know, and I just, I love that. I, I love working with people in that way and giving them a sense of strength and connection with themselves. That is spiritual mm -hmm. work for me. Yeah. And the other thing is that it's not only the connection with the spiritual dimension or with essence, as I call it, it's also connection with the outside world because often these people have learned that the outside world is dangerous because they experience a dangerous situation and generalized from that experience that the world is dangerous and as long as you think the world is dangerous people won't be very interested in you because you're defensive and if you uh, start to realize that the world is not dangerous, but you have to take care, then you have very important transitions because from that moment on, people can connect to what I call the matrix. So matrix is with somewhat a tricky metaphor because in the movie, the matrix is a bad place. I say the matrix is what you are able to make of it. And if you can, answer the matrix and if you can ask questions in the matrix and you connect or you, uh, you jump on occasions then the matrix is a very friendly place because it supports you in realizing your mission your mission is not something which has only to do with you it's also what you are bringing into the world and if you're defensive if you're anxious you're not bringing anything into the world, but the world is overwhelming you. And I like this idea of essence on one side and the matrix on the other side, and you as a kind of dynamic interface between the two. And that's what we're striving towards. And then, yeah, we still have enough to do if we are in the present doing what we're here for. 
but we don't need to do or to repeat what we have done for 40 or 50 years. And the nice thing that I had is another woman yesterday said, I'm 68 now, I'm 69 now, I learned logosynthesis a year ago and it changed my life. I thought that I was the victim. Oh, I'm, I'm here with what I am and who I am and I enter the world with who, I'm, who I am. And I have a favorite Oscar Wilde quote, uh, quote uh, be yourself, everybody else is taken. And people notice that, they, they learn that. And it's beautiful. So is this um, technique approach, uh, are, is it something that the client really has to do with you in the session or is it something that they can learn how to do on their own in between sessions or after the therapy is done? Um, I used to say that Logsins is a model for healing and development. So there is, it doesn't matter if uh, you're in a healing process or you, if you're in development process. So um, I think there are a lot of things you don't need to do on your own. And that these are all the situations, memories, fantasies, beliefs in which you're alone. Very many people have that kind of ideas. Uh, let's say that you can say that very many problems are in fact problems of abandonment, rejection, trauma. And there's a key belief, I'm alone. And I think that one of the important things is that you don't need to resolve that belief on your own, but it's also a little bit tricky because if you believe I'm alone, it's difficult to believe that someone can help you. So what I often see is that people start to read one of my books or look at the videos in, in my YouTube channel and then start to realize, oh yeah, maybe there is a solution. And they read my books, and there's a self-coaching book and the, this this uh, small Discover Logosynthesis book. And then they start to realize, oh, I can do something different. And they start to play with it, and they notice, hey, this works. This is strange, but it works. And then they notice also that for the big things, which can be summarized by the sentence, I'm alone, it, it's you don't go there voluntarily. So if you have a traumatic memory, it's not fun to go there. It hurts to go there. You are reactivating a lot of, a lot of old stuff. And if you find a therapist who is there when you access these memories, then you learn that you can overcome them. And that's the the big thing. So once you learn Oh, so in the most uh, simple summary, everything is energy and every trauma is frozen energy and you can resolve frozen energy, then you don't need to turn around and look at it again and again. You just resolve it because it's a frozen energy structure. And that doesn't, that means that the phenomenon trauma is 
easily accessed, but the people who suffer from trauma, they need a place where they feel safe. And then they can learn, oh yeah, this is possible. I don't need to continue to, to live like this. So one of our trainers is a, a very experienced trauma therapist for veterans. And she has done an enormous amount of work with veterans and people can choose between EMDR and other modalities. And they come back to logins once again, because it offers a solution. You don't have to re-experience the pain all the time. And now if you ask what's the difference between logins and other modalities, you just have to stay with the pain for the amount of time to need you need to go there. And the moment you are in contact, you have something to process it. And there will be a change. Uh, the beautiful, most beautiful work I did in the last few months was that someone came in and we worked on it and we talked and we talked. And she arrived at this core belief, I'm alone. And she was extremely sad. And then we were able to resolve that sentence. And the next sentence she came out, she came up with after the work was, I'm alive. And imagine what that changes. If you go out into the world with the idea or the belief, I'm alone, people won't look at you. They won't see you because you project already into the world, I'm alone. So it also means leave me alone. How do you react to someone who radiates, I'm alive? That's a pleasant person to be with. Pleasant person to have a conversation with or whatever. Well, people don't realize, I think, that, you know, the average person doesn't necessarily realize that um, whatever you're believing to be true, you know, these core beliefs, like you talk about, you actually will emanate that energy. You put it out in your field and other people consciously or not will respond to that. And then of course, if you're going with an I'm alone thing, then it's going to reinforce it to you. See, no one wants to talk to me. No one wants to be with me. Not realizing that they in fact are putting that energy out there and that's what's attracting. That's what they're yeah. attracting to that. Yeah. yeah. And I think it's very important to take that seriously because if you work with people who believe they're alone, they must be met in this experience. And if I'm alive and if I'm in contact, contact with my source or essence, then I can stay with that person and offer a space in which they can explore that. And it's sometimes it seems almost as if people voluntarily want to stay there in that state and that's simply not true so it's they found the best solution to understand the world and if the best solution is um i'm alone the other people don't like me and i have to work hard that doesn't re that's very difficult to change so we have had a hundred years of psychology which in which people learn to talk about that to become aware of that that kind of beliefs but i think in my experience 
energy, energy psychology was one of the first modalities in which it was possible to resolve the stuff. And it, you need to realize that this is only possible on the energy level. This is not about cognition. This is not about emotion. This is about the frozen energy structures. So I don't have any respect for frozen energy structures, but I have a lot of respect for the people I'm working with. And I may have to have, have to guide the people from this frozen state in which they think they are alone to a state in which that they can discover what's going on. So one, I had a client this hour before, and he went through a very important part. He came in with, with being very depressed, and he was completely confused after the work because something was different. So I sent him out. We have a beautiful uh, park here around the house, and the weather is, the sky is blue today. It's sunny at 24 degrees centigrade. So. And he came back and said, oh, everything is different. So I sent people out to, exp to feel, because they haven't felt maybe for, for, for many years. Yeah, I love that. Yeah, my, um, my thing I say sometimes about traditional talk therapy is that it sometimes feels like it's a dog chasing its tail and not really getting down into like the energy that's required it's the energy that needs to shift, right? And talking about it isn't necessarily going to get us there. No, I think I've I've been in talk therapy for thirty years, and I'm trained in trained in that. And uh, I always used to be exhausted at the at the end of the day as a therapist because I had to hear all those stories. The only thing I could offer it was being there when people told the stories. And that can be what you call a corrective emotional experience. But if it doesn't correct the emotional experience, then it's me at the end of the day who's tired and exhausted. And since I do this work, I'm not, I'm moved by the story of the client, but I know at the same time, at, let's say my very dry theory level own I know this is just frozen energy we, we can resolve this so I'm not pushed back by the most awful stories because in the core it's a frozen energy and if I can and I think many people who are training in logins they must learn that the misery of the clients is just frozen energy. If you have a, a, a training in traditional psychotherapy or traditional counseling, you have learned to be with the client in their misery. If I'm with the client in this misery, that's the moment. When I arrive at the point that the client is with me in their misery, then I give three sentences. And then the misery is transformed, let's say, in many layers. So the layers don't change uh, in this way of working. That's, that's not different. We have, uh, you can have a lot of different aspects to a problem. You can have a lot of 
different um yeah people get are hurt people get angry people are indifferent whatever so you go through all these layers or it can happen that people start uh, remembering um, a trauma at 16 and only after processing that trauma you can see that it's the lid on an earlier trauma and that got, but can go back to come back to go back to uh, to birth or con even conception or even further back so people can learn you offer trainings and stuff where people can yeah. learn therapists like myself can learn how to do uh the logo synthesis what tell us more yeah. about those yeah so uh yeah of course i have prepared my uh this little book uh, discover logo synthesis gives an overview of the method and it's um the theory behind it so the, the let's say the psychological stuff the, the the energy stuff the spiritual stuff and how to apply it with memories fantasies and beliefs so these are the most important fields of application and that is what you can learn from the book if you look at my videos you can see uh, um, how i work with clients of course the in, most intensive part is not in the public domain uh, for a reason and then if you want to know more and if you're a pro professional we have a practitioner training we have a master practitioner training in which you learn all the uh, different aspects uh, we let's say this uh, basic book has one procedure which you call the basic procedure but we have lots of protocols for specific applications so professionals can learn it so if you have a training in counseling uh, psychiatry psychology social work education it works beautiful with children because children are not are always open to learn and change something they are not locked in their patterns so much so if, if you're a professional you can learn to use it with your pupils clients patients if you want to learn it for yourself i also have written coaching self-coaching books self-coaching with long synthesis and uh, you can also participate in the facebook group which is called long synthesis or in different languages uh, in which you can ask your questions and for the trainees we have different other facebook groups and we also offer a course which is called the 101 so the basic training in self-coaching and you can do that online everywhere in the world so we have people on five continents in the moment in at the moment so we are, we are developing in a fine tempo so it's wonderful yeah. yes and so happy that it's going all over the world this is such powerful work and i love that you're offering it in different ways you know for the professionals as well as the the clients and the people yeah, who yeah. want to learn and we will put links in the show notes uh to okay, all fine. of these resources yes yeah, so yeah. make sure that people know how to do that is there anything else you would like to share with us any other you've told us a bit about some cases but is there any um anything else or any experiential thing you want to do with us what what else um yeah, what I can do. Uh, how much time do we have? We can. We have about another ten minutes. Okay. Um, 
You want to be a guinea pig? I can be a guinea pig, yes. <laughs> okay. Uh, think about um, something. Let's say, I guess that in your daily world, there are people you don't especially like. You have to work with them. You have to uh, communicate with them. And mm -hmm. the world doesn't offer only nice people. Yes, um, I work at a drug and alcohol rehab program, um, uh -huh. uh, in addition to my private practice. And where in my private practice, I can choose who I work with in at the rehab, it's kind of whoever shows up. So sometimes, yes, in running groups and things like that, there are clients who maybe are not open to what I have to offer. And they're sitting there kind of like me, you can tell they're just shut down. And that can be frustrating when you feel that you're working harder than they are, or that they're not interested in rejecting, you know, these tools, like what you're offering, right? And you know that they could change their lives. And yet they're saying no, that can be frustrating. Yeah, I worked for 12 years in such a setting. And then I went to private practice exactly for that reason. Yes. Yeah. Okay. So <laughs> Imagine a, a person you have some trouble with, and you don't know, need to tell me how it is, but your, uh, your viewers and uh, listeners can do this also. So imagine this person um, sitting on a chair in front of you. And uh, you see the persons, you see the, their expression, you see the, the, the posture, they're sitting on the chair and they're looking at you. And um, then you explore on a scale from zero to 10, how distressing is this image of this person on that chair in front of me? And you can give me a number and your listeners can also find a number. How is this on a scale from zero to 10? Zero is no tension, no distress. 10 is uh, ah, the maximum. We don't do 11. I would say about a four. A, a four. Okay, that's generous. So usually people have <laughs> higher numbers. So, okay, you have a four. And now I'm going to give you a sentence. And you repeat that sentence after me. Um, first, say the sentence as a whole. And then I repeat it in smaller parts. And you don't need to think about the sentence. You just let it work. You say it after me. So the first sentence, I retrieve all my energy bound up in this image of this person in front of me and take it to the rest, uh, the right place in myself. So I <clears throat> retrieve all my energy. Repeat it after me. I retrieve all my energy. Bound up in this image. Bound up in this image. Of this person in front of me. Of this person in front of me. And take it to the rest, right place in myself and take it to the right place within myself. So you close your eyes and let that sink in. And you just observe, you don't need to do anything. You don't need to put an emphasis on anything. You just observe what's going on. And after this processing pause, you get the next sentence. The second sentence is, I remove all non-me energy related to this person in front of me from all of my cells, from all of my body and my personal space and send it to where it truly belongs. So I remove all energy in, of this person in front of me 
I remove all energy of this person in front of me. From all of my cells. From all of my cells. From all of my body and my personal space. And all of my body and my personal space. And send it to where it truly belongs. And send it to where it truly belongs. And let that sink in and let it work. And the third sentence, I receive all my energy bound up in all my reactions to this person in front of me, and I take it to the right place in myself. I receive all my energy. I retrieve all my energy. Bound up in all my reactions. Bound up in all my reactions. To this person in front of me. To this person in front of me. And I take it to the right place in myself. And I take it to the right place in myself. So close your eyes and let that sink in for a moment until you feel a shift or until I come back. That's cool. That's cool. So yeah. what happened? What happened? So what did you... the, with the very first sentence, the first thing you had me say, I felt a calming. And then when it was about sending back their stuff, um, it, I was became aware of the judgments, you know, that, that were coming, that they had put on me, the negative judgments, and, you know, how I wanted to resist and defend against that. And if I, when I sent it back, I didn't, feel that so much. And by the end, it was like the wiser, you know, what we might call wise mind, you know, the wiser or my essential self uh, was like, who cares anyways, if these people want to choose to suffer, that's their choice. I'm, I can't make them do anything. And, um, and there was just a sense of peace and it, like, it doesn't matter if this person is resisting what I'm trying to give them. Uh -huh. yeah. yeah, that was very so, cool. And the interesting thing is that if you send them their energy back, it will be available for them too. So exactly. you see often happening that when people do this kind of work, their communication with other people changes in a way which is, let's say, much more adult or much more wise. Yes. I've is, observed that also, yes. Yeah, this is just one very little example. But this is how it works. Uh, on a scale from zero to 10, how's your uh, level? It's, a zero. It's, it's irrelevant now. Who cares? On to the next thing. Like you say, present time. All right. That's done. That happened. Who cares? Let's move on. Yeah. Okay. So that's a zero. Yeah. yeah. Mm -hmm. So curious how other people will experience this. Yeah, wonder. Yeah, I would love it too. People can comment, you know, where they, um, whether they watch the video of our podcast or they are listening to it, they can always comment and let us know. Yeah, how did if you try this? How does it work for you? Um, okay. So, as we wind it down, I'm. I just want to say how grateful I am for your time and for sharing with us. How can people find you? Like your main website, or or how do you uh, prefer people reach you? So the easiest way, if people. Uh, want to connect to log synthesis is the log synthesis facebook group so people can join that 
and they can ask all the questions and I greet the new members every Monday and we have 10 to 20 members usually every uh, every week and they can read the books and if they have questions my website is uh, www.logosynthesis.net and we have an international association which has logosynthesis.international and on the website of the association you find all the details all the programs and all the professionals who are certified in log synthesis by the association so if you want if you don't want to do every, everything on your own you're welcome to find the practitioner and most of our people work online nowadays so uh, if you have this time uh, it's five o'clock or six o'clock in europe now i don't know how what time it is but the americas and europe are usually uh, easily connected at this time of day and if you're an Australian, then you might have another problem. But we, we even <laughs> have a, night, yes. <laughs> we even have a few Australians on the list. So uh, Wonderful. you don't need to do everything on your own, even in Australia and New Zealand. Yes, yes, yes. No, it's morning here. It's about 9 a.m. And so, yes, you can see that the morning sun is just, you know, coming in through oh, yeah. the windows here. So, <laughs> well, Are you in San Diego? Or? I'm in San Francisco, California. San Francisco, yeah. Yes. Okay. Yes. Yeah. And we have a sunny day. <laughs> yes, yeah. also. We so, so. Yeah. yeah. Okay. Well, thank you so much, Willem, for being with us today. This was really wonderful. And I love that people have gotten a really, I think, good sense of this work and how beautiful it is. And, and it's simple, it's elegant, and yet it's extremely powerful. And I'm grateful to you for bringing us this information and putting this in the world and for everything that you're doing. People will be able to locate you. We'll put the show notes in there, all these links and to your books. And thank you so much for being my guest today. Thank you, Adriana. It was very nice the way you tickled me to, to tell the story. So thank you yes. very much. Yeah. <laughs> And if you thank you also viewers and listeners of the podcast, if you enjoyed this podcast, please do click like, subscribe, share it so we can really get this out there and let more people know that there are so many other ways to address mental health issues and that there are a myriad of healing modalities and practitioners that if you're seeking for something greater, if you're suffering and you would like relief, there's so much available to you. Thank you so much. I'm Dr. Adriana Popescu. Tune in next time to another episode of Kaleidoscope of Possibilities. Thank you for joining me for this episode of Kaleidoscope of Possibilities, Alternative Perspectives on Mental Health. This has been Dr. Adriana Popescu. If you enjoyed this episode, please like and subscribe and share with others. To find out more about me, my guests, and more, please visit my website at adrianapopescu.org. See you next time.